morning all and welcome to Thriving. So in my uh, path to finding, to creating behaviour change, I, um, as I said, I started with changing my diet, which had an immense effect, very dramatic, got rid of my depression completely and got rid of my fatigue and improved a whole bunch of other things. And then I discovered natural movement and that began to unravel some of my stiffnesses and aches and pains and the general feeling I had of being physically inept, which includes being physically weak, but also includes lack of mobility, lack of coordination, and a general feeling of not being fully physically capable. So that was the second step. And then what I dove into next was my feet. I, I think it began after I read Move Your DNA, um, Katie Bowman's book, and then I followed that up with Whole Body Barefoot. There were a lot of other blogs and podcasts and books and things like that involved in this discovery. And I also Googled the guy who created Correct Toes, which is these silicon spaces that you wear between your toes to re-expand that fan shape that the toes are supposed to have. And that was a guy called, I think, Ray McLennan or Ray McLennan. He's a podiatrist. Anyway, uh, I did a lot of reading and stuff as I usually do with these things. Also found a woman called Stephanie Welch, who's written who's created three YouTubes called Shoes the Silent Killer. So armed with all that information, I decided to get some minimalist shoes to start with because they all recommended transitioning gradually. So I went from walking mainly around in my running shoes, not that I was running, but I used running shoes for walking, and walking not all that much because uh, my life at that particular time was a lot of driving. There was always the twice a day dog walk, but that was it. To all of a sudden, I moved to a different city. I moved from Launceston to Brisbane and I didn't have a car in Brisbane through choice and I was using public transport. So there was a lot of walking. Um, and I was I swapped to these minimalist shoes, which were basically the definition of a minimalist shoe is it has zero heel. It has a wide toe box that allows your toes to spread out. And it has a thin flexible sole, which allows your foot to move. It doesn't encase your foot in a, a stiff structure or squash your toes together or raise your heel. And very quickly, I got the most horrendous case of plantar fasciitis in both my feet. Pain not only at the heel, but the entire sole, and not only when you first get up in the morning, but throughout the whole day. It was absolutely crippling. It was really severe. It took me a while to figure out that I had made such a drastic change. It didn't seem to me so significant that I went from this pair of shoes to that pair of shoes and I hadn't really accounted for the fact that I was suddenly doing a lot more volume of walking because it was incidental walking it wasn't me saying right I'm now going to go on a 10k walk it was me just going to the bus stop and back so I hadn't 
it wasn't obvious to me why this happened, but then I figured it out. And I was in so much pain that I went back to my runners. I had to buy a new pair because I chucked the old ones. And that gave me some temporary relief. So some people might have concluded, oh, well, obviously um, minimalist shoes are bad for you. They've given me this pain um, and therefore I won't use them and going barefoot is bad for you which to me was absolutely absurd because human beings evolved to be barefoot um, and I'd read so much stuff that it was impossible for me to have that point of view. I knew that what I had done was I had transitioned too fast and you can't transition too fast because the body adapts to whatever you're doing. My body adapted to wearing those running shoes it made adaptations in my ligaments, my tendons, the positions of my bones, my joint spaces, my alignment, my biomechanics in a whole heap of areas and tissues. And all of these had to be gently allowed to adapt to a new biomechanical setting. You can't just go from one thing to another without an incremental process and that's exactly the same mistake I made when I did the 30-30 squat challenge where I would spend uh, a total throughout the day of 30 minutes in a deep squat every day. And I never lasted the 30 days because within about two weeks, my left knee in particular was so painful that I actually couldn't bend it past 90 degrees at all. And I had to give up that squat challenge and take six months to recover from that knee and then be able to resume a more gradual, more incremental transition to squatting. So same thing happened with the feet. Um, very important to transition. I went back to the runners. I got some relief. My plantar fasciitis settled down. And actually, it didn't take very long. It only took, I don't know, three or four weeks before I felt like Actually, I think I could go back to the minimalist shoes, and I did, and I was very cautious. I went back and forth between them, but it seemed like by then I had adapted. It wasn't needed for me. It wasn't necessary for me to be quite so cautious, so I just, I've never gone back. I've been in minimalist shoes ever since then, and when did that happen? That was 2016. We're in 2019 now. So after the shoes, I started to do the actual barefoot. And again, that time I did do it very cautiously. I limited it not only in time. Time is a factor, the duration of time spent barefoot. But the other thing is the surfaces. So I would make life easy for myself by going on grass at the beginning. But then I started to experiment with pebbles and different textures and sizes of pebbles. And the sand is always a good one because it's not, challenging in the sense of, of discomfort. It's just challenging in the sense of it's a lot more hard work to walk on sand, but it provides a much more varied um, surface. Every step you take is going to be different and unpredictable and your foot and ankle are going to have to be in a different shape. So all this is aimed at moving all the 33 joints. I think I'm right in saying 33 in the foot rather than having them, several of them, um, 
splintered or casted in a certain position and never moving and other ones moving excessively. Uh, when you're barefoot and walking on different surfaces, so this is really important, it's, it's great at the start to walk barefoot only on flat things, but you have to progress to different shapes, different gradients, different surfaces, slippy versus grippy, stable versus unstable, bumpy, tree roots, rocks, all sorts of things if you're going to get the full benefit of this whole thing. Um, all those differences in surfaces mean that your foot and all its joints and all its bones are adopting every conceivable or at least a lot more conceivable angles and um, positions and deformations, loads. Where's the load going? How is it being transmitted? And it's not just the foot, it's the ankle. And of course, that translates to the knee and the hip and the whole body. So it speaks to your whole body. In our modern world, we're not only casted by our shoes, we're casted by the fact that everywhere we walk is a flat, smooth, paved surface. We don't have to negotiate tree roots, tree roots and leap over rocks. And we don't jump. We don't land on our feet. So we don't know that feeling of uh, shock absorption that is created by the anatomy of the foot. The foot itself is an incredibly powerful shock absorber. But if the foot's been stuck in a shoe and doesn't know how to move and doesn't know how to be elastic, then it's a terrible shock absorber. My foot is still not the greatest shock absorber. I've still got a long way to go with that, but at least I know how to get there or I've got an idea. Um, the foot, apart from all the joints and all that, there's an element of the foot, both the, the feet and the hands are a bit like eyes. They're sensory organs. They tell you about your environment. They give you information about what you're walking across, what surface you're walking across. And that information is transferred to your uh, nervous system, which then instructs the rest of your body in the alignment, in the movement patterns, in the gait that is appropriate for that different surface. And when feet have been in shoes for many, many years, they've gone deaf. So a good analogy for me is to think of walking around all the time with earplugs in or wearing noise-cancelling headphones. And you can still hear stuff, but it's muffled. It's not clear. And you get used to that and years go by. And then one day you take off the headphones or take out the earplugs and you can suddenly hear because your actual hearing is the same, your capability for hearing is the same, but the sounds will be painful and unpleasant or some of them you won't notice that you're hearing them, you won't know you're hearing them because they're unfamiliar. And then other sounds which you have been hearing in your muffled kind of way, you won't have the ability to notice the nuances, the details, the shades within those sounds because you've been muffled for so long. And so there's an adaptation process there of going from feet 
that really do nothing. They just get thrown onto the ground, stepped over, and then lifted off and then thrown onto the ground and stepped over. But they're not able to perform their function of sensory organ and of stabilization um, organ. And they're not able to move and, and have the joints and bones aligned properly. So that in itself is a whole other adaptation process, which is why people who are born wild don't trip over, don't um, stumble, aren't clumsy, can leap over things, can run through um, forests and unpaved areas without hurting themselves, without stepping on a sharp stone and cutting themselves and who can run over pebbles without finding it painful and uncomfortable because it isn't when you've got those capabilities. And another capability of the foot that gets forgotten is the, the, the fat pad and the skin, the thickness of the skin and the thickness of the fat pad. Those things provide enormous cushioning, which is why walking on pebbles wouldn't be painful for someone with good fat pad and good skin thickness. Those are things that take years to acquire, years of barefoot walking, or at least one year or something like that, according to an anecdote in Katie Bowman's book about how her husband had a pedicure um, and fell asleep. And when he woke up, they'd shaved off all his calluses and it took him a year to regrow them. He was most annoyed um, because he wanted his calluses. And I'm not talking about localized calluses um, where you've just got this one area that's all calloused and it's painful and unpleasant or unsightly. I'm talking about proper callousing, which is fully distributed along the sole of the foot. And it doesn't look um, bumpy or unsightly because it covers the whole bottom of the foot as it should. It's like a sole. It's like the sole of a shoe, a thin sole but a perfectly adequate one. And I think that's it for feet for today. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening and have an awesome day and think about going barefoot now and then if you're not already. Bye.